Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am excited today because we're going to be talking all about creating new digital products and offers. So this is something I've been talking a lot about recently in terms of launching offers, how many, I finally counted how many digital products or offers I have right now available for my business. And I think the number was 45 or 46. So I love creating offers. It's obvious. I love creating content. I love sharing my knowledge and giving people what they need and what they want to learn that's going to help drive their business forward or improve their marketing or get their next client. I wanted to talk a lot about digital products and offers as a whole because there's a lot of noise and information around creating offers. So I just wanted to share a few stories about how I've created all of the digital products and offers in my business, but as well, how you can figure out new digital products, new offers, and things that you can create for your business. So first, let's talk about the best ways that you can figure out which type of digital product to create or what topic you want to cover, or what your digital product or offer is actually going to be. There's four things I recommend doing. First of all, and probably the most impactful and helpful, is going to be doing market research. Market research is so valuable for figuring out what your audience really wants and what they need. And then it's just a matter of listening to what they said and figuring out a way that you can create something that is going to help them with what they're currently struggling with. So market research has always been my favorite method for generating new ideas, brainstorming, how I can help my audience and what I can create. So market research, always number one. I know a lot of people do market research calls. That's not something I typically do. I am an introvert. (laughs) So that is not my favorite way to get information from my ideal audience. I do market research surveys and they have been so helpful in learning what my audience is currently struggling with. I've sent out market research surveys that are more general where my main goal is to really get a broader idea of my audience as a whole, who they are, what they do, what they're struggling with, what their goals are for the next 12 months. And then I start to brainstorm what I can create and how I can help them. Otherwise, if you already have the beginning idea of a digital product or a topic of a digital product, you can make a market research survey that is a little bit more niche down in terms of the questions that you're asking because you already have 
a main topic or idea that you want to cover. You just want to really get ideas from your audience on how to structure it and how to market it, how to message it, and make sure that you're including everything that they're going to need and that's going to help them. Market research surveys are huge. (laughs) The second way that you can figure out types of offers or digital products to create is competitor research. So I love competitor research too. I do it often. Anytime I start to finalize a new idea, I will do some market research and just see what else is out there in terms of something similar of what I'm going to create. And the reason for this, I want to see what the other price points are, how people are messaging it, you know, payment plan options, what exactly is included. And then I can start to think like, is anything missing from this offer? How could I make this better? How could I tailor this more to my specific audience? So it does give you a lot of insights into what is already out there in the market. So it is good to do competitor research, but I do want to caution you not to get stuck in competitor research mode. I know this is something I've struggled with in the past. If I start to do too much competitor research, I tend to start to then question my offer or my digital product that I was really excited about. I start to look at all this competition and I start to get in my head about, you know, maybe this isn't such a good idea. So-and-so and so-and-so already have this amazing offer. Who am I to create something that gives the same transformation? Why would anyone buy mine over theirs? So you can start to get stuck in that mindset loop of getting stuck in what I call the competitor research rabbit hole. If you want to do competitor research and you find yourself getting stuck in that and finding that it's starting to cause you negative issues in terms of your offer and you start to question everything, when you do competitor research in the future, set a time limit on it. Don't allow yourself to go down the rabbit hole or it can be really hard to crawl back out of it. So if you struggle with that, do competitor research, but set a timer, like only do one hour. Search for offers that are specifically similar and tailored to what you are thinking of creating. Put any notes in a Google Doc from your competitor's sales page or offer so that you don't need to go back and actually look at their page ever again. You just look at it once, you make notes in a Google Doc that you then use for your research. That's going to help you out so much. And I can totally relate. Trust me, I've gotten caught down that rabbit hole so many times, and then I start to question everything. The third point is to listen to your audience. And we kind of do that with market research, but I also want you to listen to your audience before you even send out market research surveys. So if you're know you want to create something, you don't know what your audience needs, you don't know what they need from you or what would be a really good offer that just basically like sells itself. Listen to your audience. And what I mean by that is if you send an email and people are replying to it, asking you questions on Instagram DMs or LinkedIn messages, start to keep track of those. Start to think about, okay, this conversation is interesting. You know, this person said this, and this is something I never thought of. 
I always keep a running brainstorm Google Doc where I just drop notes or really interesting things that people have asked me or commented on a post I've shared that really made me think like, oh, that's interesting. I could create something for them or this would be an ideal person and I didn't even think of what they said when I was brainstorming last time. So I'm going to drop their comment in a Google Doc. So next time I want to start brainstorming new offers and digital products, I have this huge document of thoughts from my ideal audience and things that I've been asked. And then I can look back at them and start to think, okay, this person said this. And I always ask myself this question, what can I create that would help them? And once you start asking yourself that question, you are going to get so many ideas for offers and digital products. You're probably going to have way too many ideas at that point. And then the fourth thing is to look at your data. Sometimes, and I know this might be a little bit more true for my audience because, hey guys, I do have a lot of introverts. So I tend to get a lot less replies or comments than I think most people, but I know people are watching and I know that they're taking in my content, they're saving it, they're sharing it, they're reading it, and I can see that that is happening. So I might not get a lot of interaction where I can actually listen to my audience. Instead, you might want to look at your data. So look at which blog posts are getting the most views. Look at which emails are getting the most opens or click-through rates. Look at your social media posts. Which ones are getting the most views or the most saves or the most click-throughs? That gives you a really good idea and better understanding of which content is really driving your audience and what they're most interested in. If you see a post about, I don't know, imposter syndrome has been really well and people are saving it like crazy and commenting and engaging. And that's a good indicator that people really struggle with this. Maybe there's something there where you can create a workshop or a training or something to help people overcome imposter syndrome. Maybe you want to create more content on imposter syndrome, but maybe it's so needed that it can become a digital product. So there's really good insights into your data for basically everything in your business, but especially when you're thinking about what your audience wants and needs and thinking about how you can help them with new digital products and new offers. So the next thing I wanted to talk about that I feel like a lot of people do struggle with when it comes to creating offers, what type of digital product or offer to create? So once you have an idea, then you need to basically format it or figure out how you're going to deliver that to your ideal audience. And I think it really comes down to four questions that you need to ask yourself. First, what makes sense for the topic and the transformation? If I want to train people and help them set up their Thrivecart tripwire, I'm not really going to 
do that in a live interactive workshop because it could be kind of boring for somebody to sit there and watch me set it up live. I'm not really going to do text related content. So I'm not going to do an ebook because tech changes all the time. It would be hard to keep up with the changes. And it's not the most friendly way to get across a tech tutorial. Same with doing it on the podcast. Like you need to be able to see it. So maybe that would be better off as an evergreen workshop or training tutorial. And then you need to think about, okay, so this workshop or training is helping them set it up. What else do they need? What else could I add to this that's going to help them get their tripwire set up in Thrivecart quickly? So maybe that's a template. Maybe you can include a bonus template. Maybe you can include bonus Canva mock-up templates to use within the Thrivecart template. Like you can really start to flush out and line out items that are going to increase the value of your initial idea and digital product even more. The second question to ask is what makes sense for your current offer suite? So if you have a lot of offers or you're working on a value ladder, which is where offers kind of step up and work together, where is this offer going to fit? So once you really flush it out and you have the structure, you know what you want to include that's going to give your ideal audience the best transformation and the best results, then it's really about where is it going to fit in into your business. And that is in terms of pricing, in terms of where it fits with your other offers. So for that Thrivecart tripwire training, that would be a good offer that could lead into, for my example, my Evergreen Sales Funnel Accelerator live six-week program. That would be a really good, smaller priced offer that would lead into that live program. Like here's a quick win with this Thrivecart product. I'm going to teach you how to get your tripwire set up. I'm going to give you a template to make it easier. And then what's the next step? Well, maybe they need to flush out their entire funnel. Maybe they need to backtrack and make their offers even better. So that's where I could lead them into that group program, Evergreen Sales Funnel Accelerator, And that's how I can make those offers fit together. So it's important to think about your current offers and your current offer suite and how things can kind of tie in and work together. The third question is, what makes sense for your audience and how they learn? So it's good to test different types of offers, I will say. (laughs) That's the best way you're going to learn what your audience loves. And then you can use that data to make your new products work in the best way possible for your audience. So whether that's a live workshop or evergreen training, maybe your audience really likes bite-sized short videos instead of like having to rewatch a (laughs) two-hour workshop. You know, maybe they really love the option of having podcast audio feed as well that they could listen to. It really just depends on your audience. So really take that into consideration too as you're brainstorming and mapping out new offers. Really think about how they prefer to learn. And then the fourth question that is really important, what makes sense for you 
because maybe you do not want to do a live workshop. Maybe you just want it to go straight to Evergreen because showing up live, even for a small group of your audience, is not your favorite thing to do. And that's absolutely fine. I think we need to take into consideration not only our audience, but also our strengths and how we work best and how we're going to actually be able to best deliver the training and the resources and the content that our audience needs in order to get the results that we want them to get. So we definitely need to think about ourselves as well here. We don't want to have to do something in a format or a way that is just not going to feel good to us or to our business or our personality. So always think about as you're structuring these offers, like, does this sound exciting to me? Like, am I really going to be able to do this? (laughs) Is it going to be fun? Is it going to be sustainable? One example of that is, so when I do my paid live workshops, some months I don't feel like launching it publicly and promoting it. So sometimes I won't. It will just be for my membership. It might eventually turn into an evergreen product that is available to everyone. But if I'm not feeling it or, you know, I just don't want to launch it (laughs) or it's not that I want, I don't really feel like having 50, 100 people on the live. I will just be like, okay, I'm not feeling this right now. I'm just going to launch it to my membership. So in that case, if I didn't have a membership, I wouldn't do it live at all. I would just do the recording and just put it out as an evergreen product. So there's ways to make the offer work not only for your audience, but also for yourself. So one example I'll share, I just mentioned it a little bit, but when I create new offers, because like I said, I have... 45 or 46 right now. (laughs) That sounds like a lot. But when it comes to creating new offers, they don't have to be these huge signature courses or super crazy in-depth things that you're creating from scratch. It's so much easier if you figure out a way to create new offers in a way that is going to be more sustainable or that also has additional revenue streams. So a good example I can share, which I just mentioned briefly. So every month I host a PLT, which is a paid live training. This terminology is from Elizabeth Goddard, who is amazing. And I have started doing a paid live training every month. I include it in my Introvertpreneur Club membership. So members automatically get access to any of the paid live trainings that I do. If I launch it publicly, you can join if you're not a member, usually for $47. So you can sign up for the live workshop, even if you're not a member. If you're a member, you get it included for free and you can attend live on all these workshops. So that is one offer. Then I can take that PLT, that paid live training, after I've done it, and I turn the recording either into a mini course or an evergreen workshop. And then eventually, once I have enough of these paid live trainings, I can start to bundle them together. And then that could be a new offer. 
that bundle where you can get four paid live trainings that I did previously that really work together and tie together nicely, I can repurpose them into a new offer that is a bundle. So there's lots of ways to take one offer and turn it into multiple opportunities for new offers, new revenue, new formats. So I don't want you to think that you have to create every single new offer from scratch (laughs) because that would be exhausting. So I hope this episode was a little helpful to get through a few of the most important things when thinking about creating new digital products and offers. Hopefully you're going to go start that Google Doc and start dropping comments, notes, thoughts as they come up or send a market research survey out to your audience because that is going to be super valuable as well. Let me know if you have any questions at all. I'd love to hear from you as you start creating more digital products and more offers. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. And next week's episode is going to dive even further into digital products, offers, how they can work together. And we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about creating a value ladder of offers and how that really works. So tune in next week for that episode and talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at theterrorread.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.